If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends. It's Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 551. It's July 5th, 2022. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Destin Legary. Bam! Hey, everybody. Miranda Sanchez. Hi, hello. Welcome all. And joining us from the afterlife. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it kind of looks like that. Dead. I hope you're, I hope everything, you're in, you're in heaven, though. You're happy. Things are good. You're not being eternally tortured. Stella Chung, how are you? Yeah, it's great. I'm reunited with Grumpy Cat, so you know what? It's fine. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Stella is, in fact, dialing in from the IGN office for some other stuff she's got going on there today. So thank you, Stella, for carving out some unlock time. Good to have the full crew here. I, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I will say, I think this week's unlock block trivia that'll come up at the end of the show is a layup. So I'm, I'm hoping oh, we'll no. put some points on the board this week. But as always... That remains to be seen. We shall see what happens. There, uh, usually I prepare the show on Mondays, but we were fortunate enough to have Monday off for the 4th of July holiday here in the U.S. So I was getting everything together this morning, and th things just started piling up. There is a lot to talk about this week, so I want to start with our headline topic, which, uh, of course, asks a question, but it is that question was spurred on by this story. Guardians of the Galaxy and Deus Ex prequel writer Mary Del Marle has joined Mass Effect and Dragon Age developer BioWare. This was reported first by VGC. Uh, DeMarle had previously, or DeMarley, I'm not quite sure if I'm getting the pronunciation correct there, but she'd previously spent more than 14 years at IDOS Montreal, where she was the narrative director and lead writer on Deus Ex Human Revolution, and as well as Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Uh, most recently, she created the story for 2021's Guardians of the Galaxy, which, by the way, if you have forgotten, won Best Narrative at the Game Awards last year. Uh, Bio BioWare's Mike Gamble, who's also the project director on Mass Effect, said, I'm really excited to let you know that Mary will be joining the Mass Effect team as Senior Narrative Director. So uh, let's start with just her credentials. Destin, you're a big Mass Effect fan, the biggest... Uh, 
the, 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 you've played more, more Mass Effect many times than, than anybody else I know. Uh, this yes. is, seems like uh, a, an incredibly talented person, a, a heck of a get for Bioware here. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy was very popular. Deus Ex, you know, also a very popular series. I'm excited to see what they're able to do. And not just not just you know popular, and although arguably <laughs> we've talked about the Deus Ex games kind of were always always seemed to deserve to sell more than they actually did. But but uh, well, well written. I mean, that's what we're really driving at here. These yeah. are three games that were just really well put together in the narrative department. Uh, Miranda, did you play any Guardians of the Galaxy most recently, or, or even the either the Deus, the Deus Ex games? Boy, I can't talk today. The Deus Ex games before that. So Deus Ex are just on that little list of it's. I say little, but it's actually very long. The list of backlog of like, oh, I'm working through it. I'm on Wolfenstein now. Deus Ex later. <laughs> but um, no, I have not played her games, but I do know that. Um, one of the things that I was surprised by was how well Guardians of the Galaxy was written, how much it was lauded for that. Um, I know it was like genuinely funny and like the tones were done really well. Um, and so with that, I also a big Mass Effect fan. I think character writing's obviously hugely important with any Mass Effect game. I think really with any Bioware game. So knowing that she has like this expertise and being able to write, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy characters, which are very known and beloved, but you know, you can kind of make them your own. Um, that's that's a huge thing to do. So I mean, she obviously didn't do it alone, but she's also not going to be doing Mass Effect alone. She'll be on a team. So I think that's just um, a good fit. Yeah, and uh, fourteen years. So this is a, a a person with a very decorated, lengthy resume. This is not just a, a rookie being called up to <laughs> hey, hey, go write the Mass Effect game mm -hmm. for us, would you? So you know, on that note, like Stella. There's probably, if this caliber of a talent is only being hired on and brought onto the Mass Effect project now, you got to figure that there's not a lot on paper. There's not a lot of there there yet for Mass Effect, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone expected there to be a whole lot ready for Mass Effect as it is, which is fine. I mean, take your time. Um, I know Andromeda was not everyone's favorite, so it's totally fine to take your time on whatever the next title is going to be, especially since Mass Effect is such a beloved series. And people are really every every time something comes out for Mass Effect, people kind of expect a certain caliber of game. So um, this news is really good for people who have been wondering about the development. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is like the best news we could expect to hear about the development for Mass Effect. Um, but I'm going to be totally honest, uh, I did not really like Deus Ex. <laughs> like, I tried to get into yeah. the previous games, and I just, I think it's because it was the mix of, like, uh, RPG and, and FPS, but it was, like, weird over the shoulder, and I couldn't figure out how exactly I wanted to play. Also, it's very stealth-related, which is, I'm, I'm very bad at stealth games, so probably one of those things that made me not like it so much. That's fair. Yeah, uh, I... Miranda, to your point, I've still got Guardians of the Galaxy on my backlog as well. It's literally, it's installed. Like this is, <laughs> I, I went to pull up the screenshot and it was like, oh, you own this game. It's like, yeah, that's right. I still, <laughs> still haven't played it. But um, Destin, your thoughts on the timeline here. Again, if you're, if you're just bringing on a narrative director, do you think, what is there at best an outline, like a, a general outline for the new Mass Effect? Or do you even think that they've gotten that far with it? Um, 
You know, I'm not really sure. I sometimes they bring in writers to work on like the the branches of dialogue that can go on. Sometimes there's already a writer on the project, and they're able to sort of uh, they'll have like a, a slate of beats that they want to hit within storytelling, and then the the writer will come in and sort of look at what they have and maybe make some changes. I believe uh, the original writer of the original Mass Effect, Drew Carpitian, had an idea for the trilogy and how it would unfold. But he didn't actually write the third one, I believe, that was taken over by another writer at that point. And uh, they kind of went a different direction with it. So it doesn't mean anything set in stone with those things. So I have to imagine that uh, (laughs) Mary's going to have... It's like a... It's tough to jump into a role like that, right? It's it's got to be a little bit intimidating, but it seems like if she accepted the position, uh, they're down. She's down for the uh, the task. Well, I think you 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 kind of hinted a good point there, Destin. I mean, so she she's coming senior narrative director. So yeah, I I can't imagine she's certainly not just being brought in to write some dialogue and be done with it. This is a person she is going to be overseeing everything. Um. But yeah, your your thought on on her coming in and agreeing to this, like I we don't know yet. Is Miranda, your thoughts on is there you think there's a chance that this was pitched to her that that we just don't know this is another trilogy yet? Or do you you feel like this is gonna be they're you're gonna just gonna go more one at a time with Mass Effect from here on out? I'd like to think that they have at least an idea of how much they want to invest in this. I'm sure there's some variability of like, okay. We don't know how this is going to do Mass Effect sells well, but also Andromeda has kind of left a stain on things, though I think Mass Effect is still popular enough where people would want to see something should there be a cliffhanger. Potentially, but there's been a lot of games that we've seen that just don't get a sequel, regardless of how popular they are, Half-Life, um, or however not popular they are, which is also good to see them just sort of take a step back. Whenever I think of something that didn't get a, a sequel that could have had one that I don't want to have one was like Call of Duty Ghosts. But um but like I think with this I could see them honestly I wouldn't mind if it was just like one last hurrah, like okay, Shepard's final, yeah. putting putting the final touches on the story. I don't think we needed another Mass Effect with Shepard. Do am I happy to have one? Sure, I'm curious. I want to know what they're gonna do with it. Um, but as far as how Mass Effect games goes. I could see them wanting to do more but simply wait, because. Back. Oh, are we watching? Watching this on video, you were probably all going to say anything. I wasn't going to say anything, but I saw Destin giggle, and I was like, "Oh no, that's it." <laughs> I was going to say uh, smoochy time. Exactly was what I was going to get to. <laughs> yeah. uh, but such a big thing, right? With Mass Effect, just carrying over your progress, carrying over your relationships is not just like the "All right, we're done," which they kind of did with Andromeda, which worked to an extent. Like I. I will always defend Andromeda because I do like it. I think it is a good game. It is not Mass Effect caliber in the same way that we saw with the original trilogy, but it's still like a really good game um, on its own. But that being said, I think if they're investing in doing more Mass Effect, especially with Shepard, they're going to want to go in for the long haul. Um, I agree. So I would assume they probably sold Mary on that. That's what I would want to be sold on, at least that there's a lot of potential here, a lot to shape. And I think um, as you're saying, Ryan, it's probably really far out. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's again our title topic, our sort of key question this week. I, and just based on this information, 
that we're that Bioware is just now bringing on a senior narrative director who's this incredibly decorated woman that's done a ton of great stuff. It's it's mid twenty twenty two. I don't see there being any chance of us seeing this game before like holiday twenty twenty five. Does any is that even optimistic? Like, what do you guys think, Stella? What just are you expecting this anytime? I mean, are we even going to see it this console generation? I think is a fair question to ask. I don't know. I think that's um, it'll probably border on the release of the next one, maybe because this seems very early. And I don't know. We'll we'll see. But um, I feel like I'm I'm not I'm just not going to think about it for the next few years. Yeah, that's probably um, the best way to go about it. While uh, yeah, <laughs> while, while we just wait for this thing to work. And and I kind of get the position EA was in, where you know they've been. They've been the punching bag, which not entirely unwarranted of the gaming community for a while now. And so <laughs> they've, they've had to come out to try and turn the ship, try and change their reputation and move it back, move the needle back to some positive goodwill. They've had to just come out and say, we're doing a new skate. We're doing a new Mass Effect. We're doing, you know, a new, I mean, they announced Star Wars Jedi Survivor. They unofficially announced that game like a year ago. So it, it does seem like they're just almost in the same way that Microsoft kind of had to announce a lot of games in the summer of 2020 when the narrative had completely, again, for, by Microsoft's own fault, had become, they have no games. Uh, so yeah, I just, you're right, Stel. I, I wonder <laughs> what when the soonest we might possibly see this. I mean, Destin, is am I being optimistic by even saying 2025 here? Uh, I think 2025 was the first date that jumped into my head. Like, if they're starting writing now, everything's sort of working concurrently, I'd, I hope, you know, for these games. One thing I was just thinking about while everybody was discussing their thoughts, uh, Guardian of the Galaxy had a lot of team banter. I wonder if part of the reason why Mary was brought on was because of uh, their ability to do that within a single-player experience. You know, I know Mass Effect's really known for that. They really tried to emphasize that sort of commentary throughout gameplay with Andromeda. So maybe part of it is that aspect of it. And, you know, just an overall quality of the writing from Mary. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, I I don't know if you have the, the luxury in, in the gaming industry of, of uh, splitting hairs quite that much of... Like well, you you were awesome at writing team banter. So welcome aboard. I think her her overall resume speaks of course more yeah. loudly. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events. TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming. 
and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the E. That's nordvpn.com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D, and that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if uh, they do decide to lean more into team dynamics, and, and uh, which... And certainly the original trilogy did. So I would not be surprised if, well, if that's certainly a part of the new one. It did. It did. But you would kind of go to the characters and interact with them. They didn't true. say too much during combat. By the time we got to Andromeda, um, they're just talking like nonstop. They're making comments about things <laughs> in the environment. And uh, I think Guardians of the Galaxy did a really, really good job of that. And uh, that's such a minor part to, to dialogue, though, I suppose. I don't know. Just thinking about it, I'm excited about it. I'm I'm really hopeful that it's a good game and <laughs> that we. I don't know. Miranda really liked Andromeda. I thought it had a lot of problems, so I'm excited to see after the Legendary Edition reworks that they did, which were great. Yeah. Uh, how they change course and uh, come up with a good Mass Effect, like a a universally praised Mass Effect. We did talk about this when Legendary Edition came out, what last year that it did. It did seem like that the team at Bioware has gotten the message, the the reception of La, of Legendary Edition, that they they seem to get like, okay, this is this is a good reminder of what people like about Mass Effect, and and I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to set myself up for disappointment by automatically expecting this new Mass Effect, whether it comes out in 2025 or beyond, and whether it's on the Series X or the next thing. I don't want to necessarily say, oh, well, it's it's definitely going to be as good as the original trilogy. It might not be, but I, I would just settle for a great Mass Effect game, and hopefully not, you know, if, if Andromeda was like the, the Matrix Awakens of this series, uh, meaning not super great, for the most part, um, hopefully, number five here will uh, will sort of reset the course and set us back. I mean, I've, I've these franchise. I guess gaming is a little different than than movies, right? Because you know you can keep learning, you can keep evolving mechanics in games, whereas film, it's just really more about the story and the the performances. Uh, so hopefully, with with games, we'll have the advantage of 
more of multiple console generations between the first three Mass Effects and this one. And we'll have, uh, it'll be for better or for worse, a new generation of Bioware developers, you know, very few of the original crew. So hopefully they can pull uh, an id software, like the the crew there that that brought Doom back uh, from when the original team did it and they did it in such a, a brilliant, inspired and very sort of uh, love lettery way to the original system made it its own new game. I, I hate to say it, Ryan, my hype level is like zero for the new Mass Effect, honestly, well, because, because... Right? That's, we got well, a ways to go. I, I don't know if they can recapture the magic of the original. I don't know if anybody ever can because it was like something that hadn't been done before. So That's like, true. That is and fair. like all your story is going to progress through these three games. And then like their delivery of that was really sour at the end of Mass Effect 3 for a lot of people until they fixed it later on, you know? So, so, so do you think that that hasn't changed at all in hindsight? So for me, it was never about the progression between the games because I played these like way after they had come out. I was like, well, that's cool, I guess. But I'm here for the story. I'm here for the incredible characters. I'm here for like the overall experience and not just that my my save is carrying over. That's still important and still really cool. But I think there's more value to Mass Effect other than just that spectacle, I think. And I think that's what, why or why I loved it. Well, I think you're coming from the perspective of having liked Andromeda much more than I did. I found myself very bored with Andromeda about the midway point. I wasn't connecting with the characters. Andromeda, though. I'm talking about the original trilogy. In the original trilogy? So for me, by the end of it, like I think there's really fantastic story beats in Mass Effect 3. But by the end of that game, I and especially I, I actually think the reworks were like a little bit too goofy. Um like it just changed tonally so much by the end of it, where um it's just not quite what I expected for the end of the trilogy. Uh I still love Mass Effect the Mass Effect trilogy one, two, and three. Um, and I just kind of don't think about the parts that I don't like, you know, but they're there. And uh, for me, I'm just like, could they ever do this again? Or am I always going to have doubts because now we've gotten Andromeda and we had this sort of, um, I don't know how to phrase it, but like we had an evil shepherd show up and then try and kill everybody. Like the the goofy one. I know you and I also differ on that, Randy. You really like that one. And for me, I'm just like, they did an evil clone storyline. Like, okay, that's kind of okay. like jumping the shark. Very publicly, what did you think about the Citadel DLC? Which one was? Is that the one with the Leviathans? No, no, Leviathan. That's just Leviathan. The oh, Citadel, yeah. I like so, Leviathan. Well, Leviathan shouldn't have been DLC. That's like essential to the game. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't know what happens in Citadel. Citadel is the party at the end of the world. No, I, I don't like it. No. Ah, of course you don't. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I, I was like, I think, I think we yeah. we're like two different Mass Effect people camps, right? Like, I think there's people who do like Citadel, and there's people who don't like Citadel. Yeah, I, I wouldn't you say like I hate. With me. I wouldn't say I hate it, but the party at the end, I feel like it feels forced, and I think that's that's the main thing. I feel like they're trying to do fan service, so like, let's just get super goofy with the Citadel DLC. Uh, I don't think it's and, like uh, just fan service me, though. It's just such a great combination of all these. Okay, we can have this day forever. I think it is one of the best <laughs> DLC of all time, to be completely honest. It of is all time. Yeah, one of the best. It is a combination mm. of all your relationships coming together at once to give you that last hurrah before you have to go into what may be the end of everything. And I think that's a really powerful thing to do. It's like instead of going this with just dread, you're going in with a hope, you're going in with the people that you love behind you. 
And I think that's something that's hard to accomplish. And they did it in such a fun way with just enough <laughs> goofiness. It- and with the with the context of what's happening in the world around them, and they're just having a party, it just makes me mad that they're having a party. Shit, like, man, I'd have a party at the end of the world. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Different camps. It's okay that that's that's totally they're fine. They're slaughtering millions of sentient life, and they're just like, let's have it get drunk. You, you know? know what? And I'm like, if the entire on. if everything is on your back, yes, you deserve that night. You deserve one night to just like, all right, just give me a second. It doesn't make logical sense to me that they would like I get having a drink or something like on the ship as you're going to the thing. But like they they go to the Citadel and just chill there for like a while. (laughs) And it's weird to me. It's okay. It's okay. Dustin. Dustin, we got to have a party. We got to like let you chill. (laughs) We'll we'll take you. We'll we'll, we'll get babysitter set up. We'll we'll be okay. (laughs) I know we're getting very off track, but I'm just saying it's like. I think what we what we value in Mass Effect is really different, and that's something that they have to sort of consider when developing what they want to do next with Mass Effect. Like yeah, for me, it's all true. about the story; it's all about the characters. Morden is one of the best characters of all time, and I think when I think about Mass Effect, I think about those the people that were in it and how that made me feel, and how their stories impacted me and impact me still. And so it's not just about just the mechanics, not just about like the progression or like the innovation. So I think they have sort of that dual responsibility of, okay, do we want to just innovate, which I think they probably still want to do some innovation, but also, of course, be big on um, the character development as well. Also, I don't think this is being 2025. We still don't even have Dragon Age. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so. We did We did have a teaser. There's a teaser for this game that exists, which is which if it doesn't come out until 2025 or later, it will be just hilarious that there will have been a teaser for it like five plus years before it actually came out. They could. That's uh, like how it was with Cyberpunk, right? That's true. That's a yeah. good. That's a good comparison. Absolutely. Yeah, the original they, Cyberpunk teaser. They could do a Halo Five and or was it four? No, it's five because it's Guardians. Um, and show something that's completely changed Not by in the, the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Who knows? But, you know, I guess yeah. I'll close this by saying yeah. I I appreciate that. That Miranda and Destin, you two are are sort of on different ends of the Mass Effect fan spectrum. Like for me, mm-hmm. what I would want out of the new one, what I do want out of the new one is the, the the thing. My favorite thing about the original trilogy is the sense of scale and scope. Like it set out to be a space opera. Which Destin, to your point about this about the series achieving things that no other series had. And you were pointing out the, you know, the sort of carrying over your saves and the progression. And that's definitely a part of it. For me, what it did that I don't really feel like any other game had done, at least on the, at the, at the production value that Mass Effect did. Because there, you know, there were certainly like, there's, you can go back to text-based adventures and, and early, you know, more um, technically limited games. But Mass Effect just, like, it really felt like I was a, a part of this galactic story in this universe and that's yeah that's what i'd love to get back uh in a new mass effect game you know which you know give me a give me a huge citadel that that feels like this cosmic hub where everybody shows up and 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 to miranda's point about all these great characters that you can meet and interact with and i i just i do hope that i mean i i don't even care like if it if it's the next console generate if it's on Xbox Series Y. I don't even care. I just want it to be awesome 
when it finally lands. Like, and I think they know they've got to take their time and get it right. And, um, and with, with Mary on board, I mean, it honestly, it does instill confidence because her resume is extremely impressive. So all the best to Mary and, and the team at BioWare. And when you're ready, we'll be ready. We'll be here. Uh, next this week, we thought we were done with the summer showcases, <laughs> but no, we will, we will showcase some more. Ubisoft has announced a multi-game showcase coming in September. So later than we usually see these things, they've been quiet this summer. You know, last summer they did two Ubisoft forwards, uh, but this year they're changing things up a little bit. We do have uh, a skull and bones focused uh, showcase coming up in two days this week on Thursday. So we'll finally see what the heck that game actually is after all these years. And then fast forwarding, September 10th is the date, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern. I'm sure we'll be carrying it for you here on IGN. Uh, a new Ubisoft forward, quote, returns in full force, ready to reveal updates and news on multiple games and projects from Ubisoft teams around the world. Stella, uh, any any immediate predictions come to mind for what you think we might see at the big Ubisoft forward in September? Honestly, I don't know. Um, it's been a while since we've heard of anything. Like, uh, I know they popped off and showed X Defiant and stuff like that, that people were not very excited. So I don't know if this is them reworking some of the games that they announced originally, but they got feedback for. Um, Whatever happened to that game, by the way, because until you mentioned it, I forgot that it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Exactly. So I don't know if that's like going to be their chance for them to try and show off more of those games. But um, I, I again, I don't know. Maybe they got feedback and they're reworking the game because yeah. I, I think I can talk about it now. It was not good. Like, it, um, yeah. And I, I feel like I, I've said this before on something else, but um, like the way that Ubisoft kind of keeps their community um, and their testers so close and not expanding outside of a certain audience, it really hurts them in not being able to make games that really speak to what people want, which is why it feels like to me, Ubisoft's FPS games at least have felt very out of touch with what the people want, uh, especially like Hyperscape. And when I got to try X Defiant, just did not feel like what people want in this current environment. Um, so I don't know, it'll be interesting. Skull and Bones might be a cool change of pace. Um, I love Sea of Thieves, so anything like that would be really cool, especially with the graphics that seem a little bit more realistic. It could be really good, but it's been so long since we've seen anything. Um, and I'm a little bit cautious, but I guess we'll see more about this. But yeah, aside from that, I have no idea what to expect because we haven't heard anything from Ubisoft um, in a while. You're right, they've been quiet. So hopefully this is a chance to get some fresh announcements out there. Miranda, we've heard, you know, that there've been, Oh, there are always leaks about Assassin's Creed, and the next one is supposedly either named or codenamed Assassin's Creed Infinity, and so that's that's probably something we're going to see at this thing in September, right? Yeah, I would say it's about time for that. We've gotten several rounds of Assassin's Creed, um, Valhalla DLC, and even Odyssey DLC. Um, so those two, that little crossover I think we had, it was like last fall. Uh, but there's been a lot of support for that. So I think it's about time that they start moving on to the next one or probably just within the timelines that they've had traditionally, we'll probably see that get released or revealed at least, maybe even released, who can say? But I would like to see that most just because I'm always curious to see what they're gonna do with the evolution of the Assassin's Creed series. Although I do hope the scale is manageable. <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> it's become um, massive video games in every sense of the word. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm very curious to see also what projects they have that are kind of trend based. So I think the thing with like X Defiant and with even like Rainbow Six Extraction, so like there's a lot of those sorts of, hey, what is popular right now in live games? Let's make that because they, they kind of hit on that a lot of different ways. Yeah. And they I don't think have stuck very well. Like, have you guys heard anything about Extraction lately? I, no? I also forgot that existed Remember? until you just said that. Exactly. And so I think they have a bit of a messaging issue. I mean, also maybe just be like, people just don't care about these games and like, why, why don't they care? And so I'm curious to see if that they sort of refocus and stop just chasing trends and games and instead focusing on making something cool that's their own. And Ryan, I'm sure that there's a few things that you'd like them to work on instead. Uh, yeah, well, we they they <laughs> announced the Splinter Cell remake. Like they said, we are remaking the original game and it's going to be on our, you know, new tech and we're building a team. But I, I have to imagine it's still far too early to get a teaser for that because that was announced. I'd have yeah. to look it up, but I believe it was sometime last year. And they, they that was literally all it was is they said, we are going to do this and we're building a team to do it now. So it's <laughs> probably pretty far away. And let me, let me, uh, oh, I'm it wasn't that up six too. months ago. Yeah, December 15th. Ubisoft has greenlit the development of a Splinter Cell remake, so led by Ubisoft Toronto. So yeah, it's that's another one. Like, which one will we see first, the Splinter Cell remake or <laughs> Mass Effect Five? I, your guess is as good as mine at this point. Uh, Destin, any? I feel like there's there are a couple games that are that we're likely to see at this thing. Uh, I'm curious what you think. Yeah, honestly, I think we're going to see a lot of stuff that isn't going to be super popular. Like, I think we're going to get news about Just Dance, right? So that'll be popular hey. with the Just Dance, Just Dance crew. Hey. Uh, I think we're going to see whatever Rabbids project they're working on, uh, Rayman, like stuff we like did, that. We did just see uh, Mario and Rabbids, a presentation okay. on that, which, by the way, if you, have a, if you have a Switch and haven't played Mario and Rabbids, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking we get a lot of those sort of projects. I actually don't think we see Assassin's Creed Infinity at this event. Mm. I believe mm. they said something about like that being pretty far off. That was just a leak, wasn't it? Uh, it always leaks, but yeah, you yeah, might yeah. be right. That is true. Yeah, um, but I, I do think we see. I do think we see Splinter Cell at the event. Uh, maybe it's just out of hope, but I think because they have been chasing trends, they might be looking at what Dead Space did. <laughs> and be ready to show a little bit more about this game while it's early on in development. Oh, I hope you're right. That'd be great. Um, the big one... So, <laughs> nobody mentioned Beyond Good and Evil 2. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened in that project. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, uh, in, in all seriousness, the one that I oh. do think we'll have a good chance of seeing, and I'll, I'll go back to here in a second, Destin, but Avatar. Avatar is the big one that's real, that's supposed to be coming soon-ish. So that is, I expect that's probably going to be the star of this of this Ubisoft forward. Yeah. Uh, that's the one. And it, it graphically, it looked amazing in its Unveil trailer, which was supposedly a gameplay trailer. So um, I personally don't care about Avatar. Like, that's not an IP that means anything to me. But if the game's great, sure, I will absolutely play that game. But um, that is still that is a game that Ubisoft's been working on. It's uh, massive, and they've been working on that one for a long time. That uh, massive, not I mean the game's massive, I'm sure, but that's the name of the studio <laughs> developing it. The division, uh, massive. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I, I think that's probably going to be the, uh, the it top billing at this thing. Yeah, there's also, speaking of Massive, there's Division uh, Heartland or whatever, which we've heard a lot about, haven't seen anything uh, about. Is it the mobile I, thing? I have no idea. Or, well, I don't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. But, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, Division 2, you know, maybe there's a content update there. Yeah, we talk about Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six is massive for them. Oh. <laughs> uh, literally. And then uh, there's the Star Wars game. They have the Star Wars IP, don't they? So... Yes. Thank you for bringing that one up. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, somebody was just just tweeting me about that today, and I went, had to go back and look. That was announced a year and a half ago. And I think we kind see of a, a similar teaser. Thing where they were like, "Well, we're doing this, and we're building a team, and we're using the Snowdrop engine." So at least they have their tech. So they just so they're, they're at least not having to build an engine and a game. Mm. They're just gonna. They've got a technology foundation, so yeah, that one could be sooner rather than later. Like not yeah. this year, obviously, but that one might be in the not too distant future, by the sounds of it. People need to do more teasers. Where's the teasers at? Hold <laughs> <laughs> um, on, I was just just googling the division because I can't remember when the last. Let's see here. Division 2 Heartland was announced a while back, and we haven't really yeah, seen anything, I don't think. You're, yeah, okay, it was an expansion. That's right. We'll see. Yeah, that's that's a good candidate to to uh, be heard from at this event, too. So, mm. yes, Ubisoft uh, ready to, to show something. I mean, EA didn't do a conference this year. Um, the only, I mean, Activision Blizzard, we got a little bit of in the Xbox showcase there. So a lot of the bigger publishers have been been pretty quiet. WB uh, has been quiet. I mean, they they do have their WB Fandom thing, the mm -hmm. or D, excuse yeah. me, C Fandom that that'll uh, at least traditionally it's been I think later in the year. So we'll see if that comes back around. But we know they have Gotham Knights and they have Hogwarts Legacy plus uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League as well. So they've got a few big games. But yeah, there's a lot of publishers we just didn't hear from this year and. It'll be, I'm glad we're going to get something out of Ubisoft in September. Uh, next up this week, according to a prominent leaker and corroborated by Kotaku, both Red Dead Redemption and GTA 4 remasters were, uh, were, quote, on the table a few years ago, but Rockstar chose not to proceed with the projects in mind. Now, uh, according to Kotaku, these projects weren't fully canceled and could possibly see a return to, to development after GTA 6 releases. Uh, the leaker, who goes by the Twitter handle TezFunds2, says, as per a reliable source with clear accuracy on Rockstar's plans, remasters of GTA 4 and Red Dead Redemption 1 were on the table a few years ago, but Rockstar chose not to proceed with the project in mind. So uh, now that person attributed that decision not to proceed with those remasters with the poor reception of the GTA 3 trilogy remaster. But uh, Miranda, that that seems like the timeline doesn't work out if they if it was on the table a few years ago and right. they passed. You know, th these things only just came out and, and got uh, negatively received six months ago. Yeah, I was about to say, unless they have some oracle or someone seeing the future at Rockstar, then no, they would not have known at that point, unfortunately. But like a you know, minority I, report crime thing, like they can see <laughs> the future reactions to their video games before yeah. they come out. 
No, yeah. Uh, so that's that's not that's not quite it. But I think if we want to get into what they what they've decided, I mean, I'd prefer that. I want a new GTA rather than old GTA. That sounds great. <laughs> I mean, Stella, are you would a GTA four and or Red Dead Redemption one remaster even move the needle for you at this point, or do you just are you just um, like ready for GTA six? Well, okay. So I got into Red Dead Online. Um, and I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like, I would really love if they just supported, um, Red Dead Online more yeah. because it is a gorgeous game. It is so fun. You could spend so many, so much time in it, uh, but it is overrun by hackers. And I currently cannot even access the game at all because I am being gatekept by one particular hacker who I, I don't know who it is, but every time I get, go online, they know that I'm online and I get immediately whitelisted from all the servers. So. Um, I, I love Red Dead. I would love to play through the story. Um, and if I could play through the original story, that'd be really cool too. But first and foremost, like take care of your, take care of your current games um, because there is a massive player base for Red Dead Online, but people can't play because people are ruining the game. So yeah, <laughs> it's a little bitter about it. Well, well said and, and understandable. Um, Destin, GTA 6, I mean, that, you, you got to figure, see, I would think that people are, Rockstar could just kind of figured that the, the resources spent to remaster those games are just better invested into GTA 6, right? Yeah, I, I also don't really think it's necessary. There is the potential that they didn't enjoy working with Grove Street games earlier on, so they decided to say, hey, we're not going to continue with the remasters for these games before the release of the remasters, and then when there was negative reception to it, that just solidified the not proceeding, right? Uh, also, if you boot up Red Dead Redemption right now on your Series X or whatever, it kind of already looks great because it, it's already been upped a whole bunch. So um, in, in a variety of different ways, like 4K and all the stuff that they do on the Series X for those old games. So I, I really don't think that Red Dead Redemption or GTA 4 need remasters. They're, they're too new, and that would be something for like five years from now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did it on the 360 to the One X even yeah so that so that game's already the the game is already getting enhancements i i don't think it would i i really don't think it would be worth their time i will say uh gta 4 if it ever was updated remastered remade whatever uh, i would want new driving controls because that was that was the first one that that used their yeah. own in-house uh game engine rage rockstar advanced game engine which they, fun, fun xbox fact the xbox 360 game rockstar table tennis was literally created and released as a it was a test bed for the rage game engine that's that's <laughs> all it actually is i mean it turns out it's a pretty fun table tennis game on top of that but it, it was actually a technical test for that in-house developed engine because the gta trilogy back on the original Xbox and the PS2, used RenderWare, which they licensed from Criterion, the makers of Burnout. So that's, if you, if you never uh, were aware of how those puzzle pieces fit together, yes, uh, Rockstar licensed RenderWare, as, as did actually a number of developers used RenderWare for stuff, but the GTA trilogy built on that. And so Rockstar bringing everything in-house for the new generation, starting with the 360 and, and uh, GTA 4. But yeah, the... Everything was pretty like floaty and it they hadn't quite dialed it in yet. Like they dialed it in for GTA 5, 
but I, I was never a fan, and I'm not the only one who was a fan of how the vehicles in particular felt in GTA 4. But that said, uh, I think GTA 4, and, and this is a, a very high compliment for me to pay because the whole series excels in this department, but 4 might have been the, the actual funniest game, like the, with the, the, most, the best comedy, the best writing out of all of them. Uh, the, the, the in-game internet where you could, you could visit the internet cafes because, yeah. you know, it was parodying what late, late 2000s internet culture and game and, and just society. The, the in-game internet was hilarious. The, uh, the in-game, you could, the in-game TV shows that they just, they made these like various bits. Um, there was, what was it? Uh, help me out guys. Was it, was it the men's room where it was like one of the shows that, that was like two right. guys really in a men's room just being like super chauvinistic and it was just very over the top very hilarious um, i feel like i remember you guys talking about this before but i don't i didn't play it so i'm not sure or yeah it's i'd be curious if you if you fired it up miranda just if it if it even felt like if it just felt horrible today in the, <laughs> because you've played five and five's a much right. a, like tighter feeling game in it from the control department but uh, but yeah, the the writing, the satire in four was was pretty top notch, and uh, that would be fun to revisit someday if they ever do go back and and uh, retouch GTA four. But yes, everyone just wants GTA six, and I'm glad Rockstar is is hearing that message. Like, just stop stop spending any time or resources on anything that's not Grand Theft Auto six. Let's go. Yeah, what what's going to come out first? Splinter Cell remake, Beyond <laughs> two. Uh, GTA Six, or what was the other one we were just Mass talking Effect? about? Mass Effect. Yes, thank you. So, which of the or are any are we going to see any of those before twenty twenty six? Is the question at this point? I want to know if they can sell us Grand Theft Auto Five again somehow. Uh, <laughs> like, what's another way they can squeeze a few more dollars out of me? Well, you know, you never know. It's uh, I really just want to support yeah. them, Ryan. Yeah, because they need it. <laughs> Small indie <laughs> studio, you know. <laughs> All right, let's move forward. Three Four Three Industries has announced a two-week-long beta preview of co-op campaign. Co-op is happening for Halo Infinite. It starts July 11th, running through July 22nd. Today is the last day to sign up. The beta will include the entire campaign, and it's available to anyone who either owns Halo Infinite or just has Game Pass. Obviously. Console players who are interested in trying it out will need to join the Insider program. Again, today's the last day, and the beta on Steam will only be available to Halo Insiders who are signed up by today. Players will need to download the campaign build and start a new playthrough and will not be able to carry any existing progress over. Beta progress will also not transfer back to the retail version of the game. However, this is only for the beta. And when the full feature releases, players will not need an isolated co-op save. Co-op progress will count uh, toward a regular playthrough for all players involved if you choose to have it do so uh, in, in the game. According to lead world designer John Mulkey, this is how it will work in the full release. Quote, the way we are handling this is through something we internally refer to as no Spartan left behind. When players join the fire team and choose their save slots to play on, the game aggregates the states of all missions across those saves and sets up a world state in which any missions completed by all fire team members are marked as complete. <coughs> missions not completed by all 
are marked as incomplete, end quote. So uh, cross-platform will be fully supported with this through xCloud as well. It's not just regular old Xbox Live. And co-op experience should be the same regardless of any platform. Destin, you've played a bunch of Halo. What do you, are you, are you ready to go back for another run in co-op? Um, I suppose, I don't know if I want to do it in beta form where my progress isn't going to carry over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe just to, to try it out. Um, but man, this is coming real late in the game for Halo Infinite. And I feel like they should have tied it to like a, a major content drop or something. It's, it's, yeah, maybe they are for the full release, you know? Right. Stella, you reviewed multiplayer for Halo, the, the free-to-play multiplayer half of this. Are you, uh, are you keen to, to run this in co-op? Stella's laptop oh, Stella had a drop, oh, yeah. She's yeah. done. Okay, her laptop. We, she warned us when, at the top of the show that her laptop, she, was, she had no AC adapter for her laptop. She accidentally forgot it at home. So in that case, Miranda, I will toss to you. I have already experienced my safe state getting wiped once. Yikes. I will not do it again. <laughs> so um, I'm excited for it, of course. Like I, I really want to replay through this um, with a full fire team just for you know, the fun of it because I really love this campaign. But I, I think it's nice if you want to try it out. You want to get an early ace so to say like summer is the best time for you to like hop in with a friend or something. Maybe that's a good time to try it. If you don't really care about achievements and you just want to get through the game, you could absolutely do it in this time frame, easy, um, from the 11th through the 22nd. So that's, that's a pretty good chunk of time. However, you are going in understanding that there may be some technical issues. So um, that's just sort of a do what you will with it. But as Dustin said, it is coming pretty late. So at least there is an option to try it out early. I, I was watching this and I'm like, this footage looks familiar. It's all my footage. <laughs> yeah, that's happened a few times this time. Like the Red Dead one, I think I cut that too. So, Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of trippy today. But um, I'm in the same boat as you, Miranda. Interesting to try out. If it's going to mess with my saves at all, I ain't, I ain't going to touch it, especially. Yeah, I don't... I'm, I have to go back and replay through Solo Legendary. Like, I already did it once. And I'm like, man... I'm working on my second run, but also, dang, I gotta do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, of course, co-op legendary is gonna be easier, but I want the achievements, man. They had the yeah. yeah, I got all the achievements, so yay me. But um, yay. Uh, I think they got rid of the scorpion turret, or they only let you use it for a limited amount of time. Previously, you would be able to um, just kind of hold on to that the whole time. Well, I, I will say, I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you guys are saying about this coming, you know, pretty late in the game. Obviously, it has. It's even later than 343 thought it was going to be. There's nothing we can do about that now. Um, the, the way I would optimistically look at this is if you want to get in on this beta and, and try this out, you know, you know your, carry, your save progress isn't going to carry over. But this beta, this campaign co-op beta is dropping at a time when releases are pretty dry for xbox yeah. so it's at least hey you know there's not a lot of other big new stuff out there so if you've kind of had the itch to to run co-op uh through the campaign grab a friend and you know it's it's kind of the doldrums of summer right now so uh you can um, you've got something you can you can dive into here one thing i will say that's really cool about this is how they're approaching save states and com mission completion because at launch of course they didn't have the option to go back and replay a specific mission which was a little annoying for some folks maybe me but that's yeah. okay 
Um, and it reading everyone's saves as far as what you have or have not progressed through and saying, okay, so you have four people in here or whatever it may be, three, two, um, and you have all completed one mission, done, check mark. But one person hasn't completed that other mission, you can all go back and replay it. I really like that you can carry someone through. Um, so I'm always curious about how folks go about approaching that. Is it just like the main person, like the fire team leader, essentially, um, whose safe state matters most, or does everyone's matter? And I like that you do have that option to go help other people finish things, regardless of how much you've already played. This is Remind an open, me, Miranda, sorry. just because it's maybe a, a somewhat similar setup. What did Harvey Smith say for Red? How are they handling this for Redfall again? Okay, I don't think we that made it in our video interview. And just a quick shout, like heads up, the universe said, Miranda, not today. And I said, but I need to put this interview out. And it said, no. So this week, this week, 100% for sure, I will stay up late if I need to. I will do whatever I need to. Anyway, that's happening this week. But Harvey did say that for Redfall, it is going to do what we see more traditionally, which is the party leader safe state is what matters. Regardless. So if I have completed the entire game twice over and I'm like halfway through again, if I go into somebody else's game, um, I'm playing by their rules. So wherever they are, whatever difficulty they set, it's the party leader's safe state that matters most. And the progress that I make does not impact the progress of their game. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I see the, I mean, I see the benefits both ways on this. Um, yeah. It's almost like a client server approach versus a peer-to-peer -peer kind of approach. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're almost out of time already, but I want to go through the new Game Pass games for this week and next. We've got, uh, this week, we have Last Call BBS, three Yakuza games. We've got Yakuza 0, Kiwami, and Kiwami 2, DJ Max Respect V, which maybe is 5, I'm not entirely sure, Matchpoint Tennis Championships, and Road 96. And Road 96, i got to look that one up again. I think that's an adventure game that I had my eye on. Yeah, I wanted that's to try like this out. An ideal summer trip. So if you're like me, you don't have a car, you're like, man, I want to go on a road trip. You can do it virtually. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's the one I think I'm going to download this week out of all these and give it a try. Next week, though, there's a couple of notable games, I think. Uh, week of July 11th, we have Escape Academy on July 14th. And that one, so Miranda, you're, you're clapping as well. I got to play this down at the Summer Game Fest, the Jeff Keighley mm -hmm. thing not e3 e3 and i played they had a demo which was like you had you were timed in each room and you had i think it was five levels in this particular scenario and i got to like the fourth one on my own and then i ran into former unlocked cast member and our friend alana pierce and she was like have you played this yet i was like yeah i got i didn't make it all the way through but it was super fun She's like, oh, do you want to, there's, there's, cause there's two player split screen co-op in it. So it's like, oh, do you, do you want to play? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I just let her drive. I didn't, you know, I didn't influence any decisions for the stuff I'd already seen. And then the last couple stages, we totally got through it together. And I had a great time with this. Like it's apparently the designers of this game designed actual real life escape rooms as well. Uh, and clearly that experience has translated over well. Miranda, uh, you're, you've been nodding along agreeably this whole time. You're also looking forward to this game? Yeah, so my twin sister and I actually play a few different escape room games together on PC, and this being on console and PC, and also being on Game Pass is the best because she got Game Pass and she listens to the show every week so she can hear what's coming in the Game Pass so we can play games together. Um, it's just, it's kind of hitting at the perfect time too yeah. because it's summer, 
if we have friends who are out, maybe siblings who are also out, it's the perfect time to hop in and go solve puzzles together. Um, I think there's just such a really neat space for escape rooms on on consoles and especially virtually just because, you know, folks are everywhere and sometimes we just want to stay home and not actually have to go out anywhere. Uh, and then you can do escape rooms in your jammies and, and be cozy and have your friends wherever they are in the world and play together. And I think that's an awesome thing to have. Uh, I, as soon as I saw this at the day of the devs presentation, I just like, I, I texted my sister immediately. like, here we go. Another escape room game. Let's do it. Uh, I'm so glad that you liked it too, because I'm, I'm sure as anyone who plays puzzle games, they can be really hit or miss as far as like the difficulty of puzzles or not. Um, there is this one that we played on uh, PC that I had to do so much math and I was like, how could you do this to me escape puzzle? How could you? But it was cool because it's like, oh, these games really get you thinking and, and problem solving and having someone to do that with is just the best. And I think what I also like about this is you can play it solo should you not want to have or not have a friend to play this with. Yeah, and uh, I have to say to your point about these games being hit or miss, when I sat down to play this demo at the event a couple weeks ago, they handed me uh, a, an actual pad and paper and were like, you might want this for the final. <laughs> oh, right away, I was like, oh no, is it, it's going to be like this, huh? But no, it was, I had a really, really fun time with this game. So I'm, I'm looking forward Excellent. to playing the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, so we'll look for that on Game Pass next week. Also, my friend Peppa Pig is next week as well. Overwhelm, Game Pass PC. Paw Patrol the movie, Adventure City Calls on Ooh. everything, Cloud Console and PC next week. And then uh, also on the 14th, all, all of these are on July 14th, is a game that I know Mark Medina, our own Mark Medina, is hooked on, Power Wash Simulator, which is exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. It's just a power wash. You're just power wash stuff. And apparently it's, very it's weirdly relaxing. relaxing. It's, yeah. Watching power wash happen is very relaxing. It's very chill. Same with Lawnmower Simulator. I get why people like these games. It's not that weird, Ryan. Like, look, you cl you clean stuff. It was dirty you and you make it clean. Yeah. yeah. Look at this whole beautiful neighborhood that's, uh, that needs cleaning. <laughs> I like it. I love that there are things like this where it's just, it just it's good things for the brain, you know? Just find what brings yeah. you peace and enjoy it. A little, a little uh, escapism, a little calming escapism. So all that mm -hmm. stuff coming up on Game Pass. All right. Uh, we're running quite short on time. I want to do a trivia question real quick. So uh, Stella had told us she would be on Slack on her phone. So I slacked her the trivia question <laughs> and allowed her to weigh in because it's not fair that she shouldn't. She should be allowed to, to weigh in on this. So now I'll toss it to the two of you as well. Again, I think this one's a layup, but I'm also old and lived through this as a, as a professional adult. So. Um, We'll see how you two do on this one. Ryan from New York City, whose gamer tag is DUR0, asks, what was the name of the Xbox 360's launch party celebration in the Mojave Desert in 2005? Was it A, jump in to Xbox 360? Was it B, Xbox 360 zero hour? Was it C, X05? Or was it D, final countdown to Xbox 360? Miranda, I will go your way first. Right. I will say I do not know this because okay. I was alive but not aware of this event. So <laughs> I don't know um, how makes you feel any better. Wait, do you know Dustin? It. No, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of split between two of them. 
I'm just going to go with A as a guest, jump into Xbox 360, which is okay. not the catchiest launch party name, but it could work. All right. Uh, we have Brandon at six, Stella at five, Destin at four. So Destin, potentially a chance for you here to, to get real close. I know XO8. I know XO8 was where they revealed one of the Mass Effect, you know, features. I think it was the long gameplay demo. But I think the... Brian, this is an easy. Do you remember the name of the launch party? <laughs> like I covered it. The, I well, there, but yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was there without being there. I don't remember the name of Summer Games Fest half the time, and that was like a month ago. Uh, anyway, I'm going to say B. I think it was Zero Hour. Okay. A jump in was the marketing that they used for Xbox yes. for around that time. So we yeah, that's, that that's why I went with it. Both yeah. definitely correct about that. That jump in was a marketing tagline, but uh, Stella and Destin are correct hey. that it was oh. Xbox Three Zero Hour. So that, that was the other one I was going to go for. I was like, it could be Zero Hour, but maybe they did. Maybe they wanted to lean into the marketing yes. phrase. I love this okay. though because yeah. we have we're we're basically in a dead heat. Miranda six. <laughs> Points. Stella six points, Destin five points as the second half of 2022 begins. So it is anyone's contest at this point, which I love. Uh, if anybody listening or watching out there has a good Xbox trivia question that you want to try and stump the panel with, please send it my way. The email address to do that is unlocked at IGN.com. Please include, of course, your question for multiple choice answers. Note the correct one in your email, and don't forget your name and optionally your gamer tag if you'd like to have that read out as well. Should I pick your question? And with that, we're done with Unlocked 551. I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I don't think I have any cool IGN stuff to promote at the moment. So instead, I'll just throw to Miranda. Hi, you can find me at Havoc Rose. Um, on Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and pretty much everywhere else. My Harvey Smith interview is 6,210 words, and I'm trying to cut that down. So that's, that's part of the reason why it's taking a long time, in addition to other things. But that will be out this week. Again, thank you so much for waiting for me to get this out. I know some people have been asking, like, hey, is that, is that still going up? It is, I promise. Um, and some good information about Redfall if you're interested in that. So that'll be up this week. Destin, take us home. Yeah, I have big plans this week to uh, read Miranda's Harvey Smith interview, so I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that. Uh, otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary, uh, order cookies at LegaryBakery.com. They're really, really good. And uh, that's all I really got this week. I want more cookies. Yeah. I want to thank our super producer, Red, as well as the uh, out-of-battery Stella Chung. <laughs> thank you to <laughs> Miranda and Destin. This again, this was Unlocked 551. We'll see you back here next week. We are the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, a reader, writer, liver, and breather of comic books. And I'm Nat, and I know absolutely nothing about comics. Which makes both of us authorities in our respective fields. Exactly. Hey, wait. On Comic Sans, I make Nat read some of my favorite comics, including Sandman, Saga, and Lore Olympus. And Yen tells me what makes that comic special. Then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. Listen to Comic Sans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can already binge our first season, and we just released a special bonus episode on Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, Nat. 
Before we go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can tell me what Comic-Con is. Is it related to chili con carne? Do you mean chili con carne? Maybe we should be chili sands. 